Alrighty. So while they're taking that up, I'll dribble on. <laughs> um, last week I started a, a, just a two-part series. I almost thought maybe we should have three parts because um, it was about people-pleasing, how there's that, that tendency that we have from insecurity, to be honest, to try and please people to get their approval and how God doesn't want us to live that way, that he wants us to be free from that. Um, of course, thinking about ditches, guys, every time, I'll say this time and time again, for every mile of road, there's two mile of ditches. We can go one side or the other, so we go, well, that's it, I'm never going to please anyone, I'm just going to live for myself. That's not godly either. So what we're talking about was things that might um, that, that, that uh, are bad about the way when we just try to please people, to live out our life for other people, to be to get our identity through other people, that, how harmful that can be and, and how it stops us living the best life for God. But today I wanted to talk about how we can actually break free from that. Um, that tendency to want to please everyone, you know, looking for that approval, feeling that we're not good enough, that we need to live up to someone else's expectations to be accepted, to be loved and all that sort of stuff. Now most of us have it in some part of our life. Um, and as I was thinking about it, what does it mean? Because obviously we want to be people that are pleasing, right, to other people. Jesus came down, he lived his life for us, served us, died for us on the cross that we might be free. And I just thought the difference between this is a people pleaser tries to please people from a position of insecurity. In other words, I have to please people to get what I need. I'm insecure in myself, so... I will do things for other people, not because I'm doing it from a point of strength, but because I'm doing it from this real point of insecurity. If I do it for them, then they'll love me. Uh, And it can happen in all sorts of relationships, husband, wife, uh, family relationships, friendships, boss, worker, whatever you might might think of, that, that in all these different relationships, there can be this tendency to try and please the other person, not because we want to increase the joy of their life but because we're scared that if we don't do what they want if we don't act in a pleasing way for them they're going to reject us Um, we can even do it with god with with that relationship We, we can work to to do things that are pleasing to god but out of this total sense of insecurity that we don't know that we are secure in christ so we're we're all the time trying to do the right thing for god because we think that if we don't do the right thing for god then he's going to reject us. But those of us who are believers who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, it says we are accepted in him. We have been made pleasing to God through Jesus Christ and we can start to live a different way. So are people pleaser will please out of insecurity, but someone who is pleasing to people does it out of an area of strength. You're not insecure at all. So so when I'm doing things for other people or when I'm, I'm... you know, acts of service, whatever it might be. It's not because I'm afraid I'll be rejected, it's because I have this love of God flowing through my life and so I live a pleasing life. I'm not insecure at all. It it doesn't matter what they think or whatever, but I'm just doing this because my heart is filled with the love and confidence that comes through Jesus Christ. Isn't that a far better way to live? Oops. (laughs) To, To please people that way where where there's this, this sense of God flowing out of me so that I'm actually blessing other people. 
Uh, Jesus must have lived that way because the Bible says that Jesus grew in favour with man and God. There's something about Christ's life that brought the favour of God and the favour of men to his life. But Jesus did not care what people thought. He didn't get his security from, you know, the, the, the praise of people. He got his security from doing the will of the Lord. So here we go. We're going to go through these reasonably quickly, I think. See how we go. But the, the other section I was thinking of doing was like, how do we create an environment where we're not trapping people to try and please us? Because I think that's another area that we need to look at in our own life where, where we actually act in ways that make people look for our approval or get our attention. One, one of those things could be, I'm not going to talk to you, I'm going to punish you emotionally until you get it and you do something that pleases me, then I'll accept you back. Things like that. And Anyway, that's something in my head. Maybe we'll get that, maybe we won't. So let's go through the things that we need to remember. If you want to escape that, that pressure of trying to please people, you have to become confident in Christ, don't you? You have to know who you are. Um, and, and some of these things, a little bit of repeats from last week, some aren't. Um, so we're going to go through those things that, that, uh, that we can do that will help us get free from that trap. The first one, and we talked about it last week, even God can't please everyone. Remember when I said that? So we know Brisbane Lions and Carlton are playing. I'm going, God, help Carlton win. Bob's there, God, let Brisbane win. <laughs> but there's things in life where you know people are praying differently. You know, half are praying for rain, some want it to be fine, whatever it might be. There's all these things. God can't please anyone, can't please everyone, so how possibly can you please everyone? It's actually impossible. And when you go through the life, you will find that a lot of people will disapprove of you. And Jesus put it this way. He said, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. What does that mean? Firstly, it's bad news. If everybody loves you, there's a problem. Because you're a person who flip-flops, you're wishy-washy and you're wimpy in your beliefs and who you are. So in other words... I go around and to you, I'm this person, to you, I'm that person. And that's because you never take a stand about anything. You give in, you cave in, you become who that person wants you to be, you do what they want you to do because you're afraid that they will speak badly of you. In other words, you're afraid that, that you'll be rejected. There is not one time in your life when everybody is going to say something nice about you. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Where someone doesn't actually like you or isn't speaking highly of you at that time. Perhaps funerals are one place where you'll get that, but you're not there to hear it. But there's, there's those times in our life when we're trying to get the approval of everyone. It just can't happen. So that's the first one. God can't please everyone. How possibly can you? Number two, you don't need anyone's approval to be happy in life, all right? What we're trying to do this morning is change the way we think. This is what God said. So actually, I'll put that up first of all, our Romans verse. Don't copy the behaviours and customs of this world, 
but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We've got to change the way we think sometimes. And sometimes we think that we need everyone's approval so that we're happy. But you are as happy as you choose to be. What people think of you has no real relationship to your happiness unless you choose to let them manipulate you. It's a choice that we have. As I said before, you can't please everybody, and guess what else? You don't have to please everybody. God doesn't expect you to please everybody, and you don't need everybody's approval to be happy. There's always going to be people that disagree with your life, but that doesn't have to ruin your happiness. And even the most popular people in the world have people who don't like them, right? The President of America or the, the Prime Minister of Australia, they're voted in with a majority vote, not even necessarily a majority vote, actually, but at least half the people don't like them. But they have to get on with the job of life and what they're called to do, and so do we. Is there someone in your life that you have spent all your life trying to please? You, you, your life's about trying to please them in everything you do, but they're an unpleasable person. You wanted to show them wrong. Your dad, your mum, your friends, whoever it might be. And you're always trying to earn their respect. You're always trying to get their approval. You try and try and try, but they're an unpleasable person. You just can't do it. There's people sitting here today, they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and they're still looking for the approval of a person. Can I just tell you, if you haven't got it now, you probably won't get it. And I'm really sorry for the pain that's in your life because all of us suffer this in one way or another if we do not give ourselves over to Jesus and understand what God thinks about us. It's not your fault. In fact, you are not going to ever say anything that is going to totally grab them and say, yeah, I'm approving of you forever, I'm, I'm loving you forever, I'm not going to punish you anymore with the things that I do. It's their problem, not yours. And you don't need to make it your problem. We don't need to let our lives be lived through other people's approval of us. Have you ever done that? John 5.41 says this. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you. This is the words of Jesus when he's talking to the Pharisees who were, were upset that he'd healed someone on a Sabbath day. We had this verse last week. But I want you to think deeply about that. Because if Jesus had to overcome it we have to overcome it and there's a lot of people that don't have approval from someone in their life someone who's close to them someone who they think should approve of them and there's this addiction to trying to get them to approve and it's never going to happen god needs to be big in your life he needs to be the biggest thing in your life if you want to be free from this it's the truth that sets us free. It's Jesus who sets us free. And if he sets us free, we are what? Free indeed. It comes from him. There's a lot of things he sets us free from. Sin is obviously one of them. 
But one thing other that he sets us free from is the expectations of others. You know what happens when you are free from everyone else's expectations of who you should be? You become you. Who your creator made you to be. Not what everyone else is trying to make you be. Not what everyone else is trying to mould you into, but who God has made you to be. And if we're honest, no human being can meet all your needs. We have such unrealistic expectations of other people to make us happy. We place a burden on other people that only God can fill in our life. But we are looking to them and and what happens is that they're going to disappoint you at some stage in your life. They're not going to give you everything you need and that's because they can't. It's absolutely impossible. Human love runs out. There's times when we don't act the way we should. So why don't we learn to put our happiness and, and our contentedness in somebody and something that can never be taken from you, and that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to look to God. There is no other way. If you want to get out of this trap, it's unfair to expect someone else to meet your needs. It's unfair, and like I said already, it's disappointing. Other people may reject you, but if you are a child of God, If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're in the family of God, God says, I will never, never reject you. His love for us is unconditional. Let's look at Psalm 27, verse 10. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You can count on him. Number three, the things that, in, that are here now in this life are not so important. The things that seem important now are only temporary. Sometimes we try to please people because we put so much emphasis on the now rather than the, than the future, the eternal things. And the things that we think are important today are often not important in a week. <laughs> let's, let's have a bit of an example about this. What about when you're in high school? What was important to you then? Will so-and-so like me? Am I going to get invited to that party? Have I got a date on the weekend? Are we going to win that sports game? Will I pass the test? How much of that matters to you today? Five years on from that, how much matters? The news feed as we see it, front page gets changed hourly nowadays, that 24-hour news cycle, but... The things that seem so important that are reported on with such gusto today, tomorrow everyone's forgotten about. There's something new. Maturity in our life means that we suddenly realise what I think that is so important actually really isn't. (laughs) It's just not. It's maturity. Who's the most popular person? Who cares? It's like when you look back at school and who was popular and who wasn't and you look now, things have changed immensely, haven't they? Sometimes it's the late bloomers that we look at and we're going, wow, what's happened with them? 
What seems so important now is only temporary. And when we focus on the things of, of today as though these are the most important things, then we lose sight of the truth. 1 John 4, verse 16 and 17. For the world only offers a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievement and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who do does <laughs> what pleases God will live forever. Come on, tell me what's important in this world right now. The price tag's been switched, hasn't it? Apparently in Walmart in America a while ago there was this person who went in and changed all the tags and put everything that was worth a lot down to hardly anything and the other way around. And I feel that's what's happened to us as a society. Someone's changed the price tags. We're being ripped off. The things that are valued highly by people are worth nothing. Let's look at Luke 16 verse 15. Then he said to them, you like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your heart. What this world honours is detestable in the sight of God. As you read that verse that we had up before, that's exactly what the world's like, isn't it? It's fame, fortune, success. Think about it. If you're talking to your kids or your friends, what do you talk about as a successful person? How often do you say, because they've got great character? They're successful because I can see that they've loved their family well. They're successful because they haven't lied and cheated when anyone, everyone else around them was. They didn't go for that get-rich-quick scheme because they thought it was shonky. What's going to matter is what kind of person you become here on earth. What is the development of your character? That is what is eternal. Those things that God wants us to be and act like because we're going to heaven and everything else is left behind. The number of followers you have on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it might be won't matter on the other side of this lifetime. How much wealth you've obtained, how great you were at business and, and, and getting things, that will mean absolutely nothing. What's important? If you focus on those wrong things, you're looking for approval. Why do people want to be famous? They want people to like them. They're people pleasers. There's some people that are famous just because they're famous, but there's many nowadays, isn't there? Trying to grab that, that star, the moment in the spotlight, whatever it might be, the way that kids are taught to promote themselves because by promoting yourself you can become acceptable to other people. Don't value the wrong things. Think eternally. Number four, if you want to be free, I only have to please one person. Can anyone guess who that is? <laughs> That's my creator, my God. He's the one who made me. He's the one who I am meant to please, and me, he has made a purpose for my life. 
This makes your life very simple. I only have to please one person, that audience of one, God. Jesus said it, I don't try to please myself, I only please the one who sent me. And when we think about pleasing people, it's putting other things before God, isn't it? People pleasing is a form of idolatry. Don't have any gods before me, God said. So anything that goes before God is that. It's idolatry. A career, a girlfriend, a boat, God, golf, sport, whatever it might be, could become your God. And God becomes less than number one. When I'm a people pleaser, I've stopped living for that audience, the audience of one, and I've allowed something else in my life to take first place. Does that make sense? Because all of a sudden, the opinion of that person matters far more than the opinion of God. Galatians 1, verse 10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my only goal, I would not be Christ's servant. You know what happens when you try to please everybody? You stop living for him. Number five, you need to remember this. One day I'll have to give an account of my life. I really need to remember that one, don't you? Romans 14.12 says that, that each one of us will have to give a personal account to God. If I don't have that long-term thinking, if I don't think future, if I don't think eternal, it's going to change what I do and who I'm trying to impress. I'm not going to share the gospel in case that person doesn't like me. I'm not going to have confidence in case someone disapproves of me. And when, you're, when you start to think about this and you start to change the way you do that, it's going to give you courage to stand up, to be a man, to be a woman, in a situation that is not always changing or not giving into the pressure to be politically correct in every situation or say the right thing. <laughs> you know what? My human nature will want to compromise. It wants to divert. doesn't want to tell the truth. It's a cop-out sometimes. You can't just say, oh... I'll just leave it up to God. I don't have an opinion on that. Remember what Jesus did for you on the cross? Remember one day you will have to give an account. He forgave me. He, 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 I owe him my whole life. I need to remember what Jesus did for me. Luke 9 verse 26 says this. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I don't want God to be ashamed of me because I was ashamed of him. And what can happen is if we're not very confident and understand who we are in Christ, we can be ashamed of him. Number six, God shaped me to be me. God wants you to be you, not someone else. 
It's me to be me, not you. (laughs) Does that make sense? I'm really sure that God's not going to say to me when I get to heaven, why weren't you more like your sister? Why weren't you more like your dad? Why weren't you more like your mum? I reckon he's going to say, I hope you were you. I hope you became that person that I created you to be. That you lived out the passions and desires that I placed in your heart. That you were confident in life because you didn't give in to what everyone said you couldn't do. I'm pretty sure he's not going to say, were you popular? Let me just check, Peter at the gate. I'm sorry, but we have a minimum of a thousand followers for those who enter heaven. I'm pretty sure he's not going to say, did you make everyone happy? I'm pretty sure he's not going to say, did you never ruffle anyone's feathers? Did you become what everyone else wanted you to be? I'm pretty sure he's going to say, did you become who I made you to be? (laughs) And to me, that's awesome. That my creator wants me to be me? I'm not trying to live up to the expectations, the desires and dreams of everyone else to be that person. I'm living out the desire of my heavenly father fulfilling his purpose in my life. So the Bible says in the Phillips translation, that same verse that we looked at before. Don't let this world squeeze you into its own mould, but let God remould your minds from within. Let God remould your minds from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good. The plan of God for you is good. You see, God's purpose for your life is good. Other people's purpose for your life may not be. And God didn't put you on this earth to fulfill the purpose of someone else. God's plan is good for you. And will you stand up and be who God made you to be, say what you know is the right thing. Let's just review the truths. All right. Even God can't please everybody. We got that? Why are you trying so hard? Your happiness gets ripped off. I don't need anybody's approval in order to be happy. How many of you, unless that person approves of you, you're sad? (laughs) Thinking back to high school, that's what it was like. You see one of the young blokes, his girlfriend just broke up with him. He's miserable for three weeks. Is not approved of anymore, so it attacks who you are. You don't need their approval to be happy. What seems important now, what you think of me, isn't really going to matter in the long term. When I get to heaven, what you thought of me isn't going to matter. Think eternal. I only have to please one person. That's God. Makes life pretty simple. One day I'll give an account of the life I lived. And lastly, God shaped me to be me 
not someone else. And if you're feeling a pressure from someone to conform to who they want you to be, you need to get out of that. Not necessarily cut that relationship, but stop the power. We play on it as people, don't we? We manipulate people by trying to get them to want our approval, our praise. And we use that sometimes for such evil things to get them to do what we want, to behave in the way we think they should behave and usually it's to benefit me, not them. There's only one person in the universe who knows you completely and it's not me, (laughs) that's for sure. I don't even know if I know myself completely sometimes. There's only one who knows the purpose you were created for, Jesus Christ. So you need to get to know him. Make sure that his opinion of you matters more than the opinion of anybody else. And that will set you free. Let's pray, eh? Father, we want to be children living in your image. Lord, we need to be free from those who would try and trap us, that the ones that we are trying to please that we can never please. Help us, Lord, to live our lives for you so that we don't have to worry about what other people think of us. Lord, that we don't please people from insecurity, but, Lord, we please people because we are secure. Give us the strength today, Lord God, to stand up to those things, to really dwell deeply on what really matters to you. We thank you, Lord, for that blessing today. I thank you for the strength that you're going to give us during the week to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everyone. Just uh, at Cornerstone here at our church, we give opportunity for people to come up for prayer. And I said it last week, if perhaps you're like, you know what, I'm actually stuck in that trap and I can't get free, love to pray with you this morning or for anything else. Perhaps you just want prayer for health or your family, whatever it might be, for the Holy Spirit to fill you, for refreshing, whatever it is. We'd love to have you come up the front. And one more thing is if you've never, ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Saviour, as I've been talking this morning, He is the only one who knows you. He knows the purpose for your life. You might feel lost today. The first step is this, ask Him in. Jesus died on the cross to give you a way back to the Father, to forgive your sin and set you free. And I'm just going to pray a prayer today. If that's you this morning that you've never asked him into your life, I just want you to pray with me and ask him in. It's a start. But what you need to do is find a friend who's a Christian. Maybe you come with them this morning and you say, I made a decision, I want to be a Christian. What do I need to do? How do I live out this life? Or you can come and see me afterwards. I'll be at the front to say this morning, Neil, I prayed with you. What's my next step? If that's you this morning, and I pray, you just pray with me and ask him into your life. Father God, I'm so sorry that I have not made you number one in my life. Please forgive me. I want to enter into a relationship with you this morning. I believe Jesus died for me, for my sin. I ask you to forgive me now. Set me free. 
so that I can be who I was created to be and to live a life of honour for you. Come into my life today. In Jesus' name.